What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It is March 14th, 2022. This is your post-Raw podcast on Fightful. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to save, honestly, the most important subject towards the end of the show, although we're going to pepper it in. Uh, we got news as the show went on the air tonight. Unfortunately, uh, Scott Hall has passed away. WWE confirmed the news. Or they, they ran a graphic and, and nobody had official word yet. I was able to uh, message someone there and they, they did confirm the news. Uh, Sean Waltman also later confirmed the news. It's a bummer. And there were a lot of homages to Scott Hall, the, the former Razor Ramon, throughout the evening. And I know that this is going to dominate the conversation tonight. So what we're going to do is there wasn't a lot that happened on Raw tonight. We are going to talk about Raw, but uh, a lot of this show is going to be about Scott Hall, the memories of Razor Ramon. And uh, Tuesday, we will be bringing you a special List and Your Boy episode instead of on Wednesday. Uh, we'll, be, we're, we'll also be talking about the memory of Scott Hall. We got Denise Salcedo here. Denise, how are you doing? Well, it's kind of hard to say like, hey, I'm doing great. It's been sure. like a bummer of a day, you know, just kind of, I know we'll talk about this more, but it was more of like, hey, I woke up and this is what, you know, when I woke up, you know, so much changed throughout the day, right? Like when I first got up, I saw Kevin Ash's post, you know, about Scott Hall being going to be taken yeah. off of life support, right? So that was one thing. And then afterwards, you know, Dave put out and then Sean later confirmed did that, you know, that he was breathing and alive on his own, even being taken off of life support. And that was kind of like the last update we got. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's kind of where I'm thinking like, okay, good. You know, things are, you know, looking positive, right? And then I'm tuning on to Raw and I see this graphic and I'm just like, oh, oh my God, you know? So it was just one of those things where it's like you wake up and it's one thing, changes throughout the day, and then you you get the, the unfortunate worst case scenario occurring. Uh, I'm, we're going to share our thoughts, our memories and stuff again after the, the Raw review, because I know that those are going to pour in throughout the show and we want you guys to get those in. You can super chat, you can send a Humper Chat over at humperchats.com. You can leave your comments or statements even when we're off the air over at humperchats.com. They'll get read on the next show. <clears throat> this show brought to you by NordVPN.com slash Fightful and HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. We have a fella named Sir Brendo 92 that says, Lost my mom yesterday, came to Fightful to relax. Buddy, we're so sorry to hear that. We're, we're glad that, that you're spending that time with us and hope that we can make you feel better because... Uh, we, we like to hope that our community can lean on each other. Jaden says, much love to everyone in the Fightful team community and beyond. Life can be rough. Take care of yourself and love those or and those you love the best you can. Buddy, that's something I'm learning more and more every day. And um, yeah, I, there's there's going to be a, a, a ton, a ton to talk about Scott Hall and uh, all that throughout the, the end of the show. But we will talk uh, about WWE Monday Night Raw. We're going to save the main event for and, and the promos within for one segment. So we're actually going to start with Aziz versus Omos. This match, I got to say, went exactly how I thought it would should go. Commander Aziz has never won a singles match, ever, on WWE TV. Outside of him ripping wieners off on Raw Underground. Like, that's it. So, Omos should kick his ass. Omos has never lost a singles match. Hasn't been knocked off his feet. So, he should probably 
beat the living shit out of Commander Aziz. He did that. This was harmless to me. It wasn't good, but I looked at it and I go, this was harmless. I just, I still don't see it with Omos, but you know what? Harmless. Sean, it sucked. It was terrible. Really? I, I, it was one of those things where I thought, I get it. Omos should be beating Commander Aziz. That's not an issue whatsoever, right? When you think about it. But when you think about it even more, it kind of is. And you want to know why it's an issue? Because what else does Commander Aziz have going for him other than his size? Name one thing that he has going for him. There is nothing else other than his size. And this man just got manhandled by Omaz in the most boring non-impressive way that I've ever seen a man being manhandled. So unfortunately, I wasn't a big fan of this. Like if you're going to, like I said, manhandle someone, I want it to be impressive, man. I want to be like, oh, snap. Well, I will say this, though. When Amaz came out to like no reaction, he did get a little bit of reaction from the crowd when he picked up Commander Aziz. Like at the end of the day, you know, big guy picking up another big guy is going to get some of a reaction. But I personally thought that it could have just been it, it was just simple and just a little bit boring, you know? I wasn't blown away by anybody. So for me, it was kind of like, poor Aziz, man. Let the guy build himself up a little bit more. He's got nothing else going for him. I didn't think it was that bad, all things considered. But, I mean, that bar is right down at the floor. And so, so they just had to step over that bar. Sean, I think they just could come out and do everything like successfully. You'd be like, yeah, you know what? Thumbs what up. They, they came out, they did their job. What else can you want for, you know? That's but what they was, did. They just like, didn't screw anything up too bad. But yeah, it's just one of those things though. Like when you're, how are they promoting it? I forgot what the exact wording was, but it was something along the lines of like big guy versus big guy. Yeah. I forgot what they were promoting it as, but it's one of those things where like, you should be excited. Like I want to be like, oh snap. Like, you know, who's, they should promote it as who's yeah, the real yeah. stronger guy, you know? So it was a little, <laughs> I don't know if either one of them are doing feats of strength I'm, or anything. I'm, I'm trying here. All right. I'm trying here. I'm trying to give it a little something, a little oh, me. Oh man. Battle of the Giants is what it was called. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. But, I mean, they didn't screw anything up. Good for them. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor with Austin Theory on commentary. So, last week, Damian Priest didn't use the reckoning. I had a producer in WWE saying, if he doesn't do that for two or three weeks in a row, that's a sign. Well, he did do it. The crossroads this week. Austin Theory cost the new Intercontinental Champion a one-on-one match because for some reason, after Damian Priest challenged Finn Balor to a match, he's got to beat him again to set up this WrestleMania match so we get it for a third time. The action's good. I I'm, I know I'm going to love a Damian Priest match because they're almost always good because he's really, really good. Um, He's looking incredible, by the way. Like, he is in great shape. He just still exudes that just awesomeness. He Like, I believe what he does, that heaving razor's edge onto the apron or to the table was a great thing he came out he did the scott hall strut out of the out of the back those were emotional i i don't need austin theory involved in this can i just okay so there's a lot to touch on here first of all uh did you get to read what damien priest wrote about scott hall on his uh, Twitter, it was a very nice uh, message that I kind of just felt, you know, really, 
it was he kind of you know he came out and he paid like tribute in his own way you know doing yes, the racist said, edge and all of that and then doing the post i think it just added so much to it yeah he said idol inspiration hero i always wanted to be cool like scott hall from being a wrestling fan seeing him perform at msg to having him give me advice critique my work and give his blessing to use the surfer walk and razor's edge will always be a highlight of my life like many others i will miss him so sorry, my deepest condolences to his friends and family. We will miss Scott dearly, but I will never forget the road he paved. Proud to have looked up to him and even more proud to have met him. Rest easy, my friend. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, you, you see him, you know, pay tribute during his match, you know, finding ways to pay tribute along with Kevin Owens. And then, uh, you know, kind of putting out that statement. It was just, you know, I thought it was really nice to do that. So that's one thing. Uh, the action itself between Finn Balor and Damian Priest was perfectly fine for what we got. But I, uh, aside from all of that, the thing that I have to talk about is why here's my big question this is not the first time that austin theory has gone in and gotten his little selfie with finn balor has gotten one you know has basically gotten the best out of the situation why the hell haven't they had finn balor do anything about that why because they can't book baby faces they can't book baby faces worth a shit it's driving me nuts. This is already God. I think this is this is for sure. It's been more than two times now where we have seen Austin Theory make Finn Balor look like a dork, take a picture with him, and Finn Balor does nothing. That was one of the things where I started like when he did it again tonight. I thought, why isn't Finn Balor? I mean, I get like in story wise, why haven't they let Finn Balor do anything? And that tells me everything I need to know, Sean, by the fact that they're not even letting him try to even get some sort of revenge. Uh, you know, it's just for me, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, I've given up. I'm poor Finn. Jambeard says, I have a bad feeling they're going to take the title off Balor and put it on theory. So then that Mania match versus Pat is the title match. I wouldn't care if uh, Pat won the U.S. title one bit. It wouldn't bother me a, a damn bit. He's a great performer. He's one of the most interesting things on this show right now. I on rather is this terrible? Okay, would you rather have Pat McAfee as champion or Austin Theory as champion? Pat McAfee, without a doubt, Pat McAfee. Isn't that terrible to say though? Yeah. If you think about it, because one guy's the wrestler and the other guy's not. Yeah. Havery Duncan says, why not have a multi-man U.S. title match at Mania, Priest, Balor, Owens, Rollins, Cruz, and Veer if he comes, or you can do it with the IC title? Well, I mean, technically, if unless somebody's wrestling themselves, every match is a multi-man match, Denise. Yeah, I guess. But I don't I don't think you put Veer or Cruz. Cruz has had a billion shots, shot at, at like that title and the Intercontinental title. No, he doesn't, he never wins. Just do Priest and Balor. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I, but Havri, my friend, I think we've got an idea that we'll talk about later that I think might be right up that alley that, that you might like. Uh, Justin Rivera said, Tom Brady retired and came before Veer came. Someone sent me a meme of that. I couldn't stop laughing about that. <laughs> He's getting tantric at this point. Kate says, half snored my way through this episode. But here to just say I adore both of you hardworking, integrity-filled badasses. Well, guys, you're going to get plenty of Kate this week. She's going to be doing like a super, super late SmackDown Rampage show um, after Rampage this week. We definitely thank her for that. I will be sidelined Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. But I'll be back next week. Liv Morgan versus Queen Zelina again. Woohoo! Mm, man. Queen 
we got a couple of rematches on today's show. Well, well you know what? I, I, see, I feel like I feel disrespectful if I like lump in the fact that Bianca Belair and Dewdrop face each other again, and Zelina and Liv face face each other again. Like I feel, you know, I feel like I shouldn't just like lump them in the same thing. But I mean, I've seen this match on main event. I've seen it on SmackDown. Um, I've, I saw it a few times on SmackDown. Now, granted, this one isn't one that's happened like every single week, so that's all right. And Liv is really good. Like Liv is, she's so likable. I love the 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 rolling pin. I love that. But um, I I feel like they could add some more to this. I mean, Rhea Ripley's out in interviews saying, "I know those titles don't mean anything, but Did I want to really? more or less." I'll pull up the quote. But I mean, I, I wish I want them to add some more importance to this. Those are titles. Those are titles, man. Like, how'd you feel about this match, though? All right. Well, I didn't feel anything about it because it was so short, and I just <laughs> didn't really care. But um, more Liv Morgan getting the win, nice win, good for her. But there really isn't anything else that I feel like I can add to this. There wasn't anything else to add. Unfortunately, I feel that they need to they had they didn't give enough credibility to Carmella and to Zelina and so now we have to take them seriously in these situations so for me it, it kind of takes away from what they're trying to accomplish when you don't give your competitors enough credibility so for me it's very it was very hard to kind of even take interest in this match I really thought they were setting up Rhea to challenge Bianca after the Becky feud. Rhea said the women's tag championships, they get looked down upon by people. I see it on social media all the time. I get it. We don't get good positions on the show and a lot of the matches are quick. So it's important to put it on WrestleMania to remind everyone what we can do. But Denise, I don't think that's the problem. And this isn't me criticizing Rhea. I don't look down upon the tag titles. I, I love that they introduced those tag team titles. The reason they introduced those tag team titles, Denise, is because they had so much talent in the women's division. They had to create more titles to give a lot of these women something to do. It's the booking that everybody looks down upon. Everybody like knows that this stuff is inconsequential. Yeah, and, and we um, had a bunch of women, and then a lot of them disappeared. For, yeah. <laughs> that's the best word I can use. Um. And so then you're left with a bunch of rematches and a bunch of the same people going for the same titles and there's no clear cut. Um, I've said this a million times, but there's just, they mixed everything in now to the point where it's like in the same segment, you're seeing, you know, the, the women's title, you're seeing the women's title and the tag team titles all being brought into the exact same thing. And because mm -hmm. there's no, there's no, there's no depth. They have it there. All of their, a lot of their women are not there, you know, that they don't yeah. have anymore. They're so slim. And, uh, like, the, the situation with adding the, the Carmella-Corey Graves thing, like, I, I get they're promoting the show. They got to promote the show. So why, why not do that? But then again, when it becomes, like, the story of the match that they're promoting this YouTube show, I'm like, okay, live wins. That's cool. Yeah. Jambeard says, was Veer doing an Ahiago face during that promo? I don't know what that is. You'll have to let me know, Jambeard. The Mysterios against the Hurt Business. Oh, this wait, hold on. Sean, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say about Bianca Belair and Dewdrop. I think we, I haven't, we haven't talked about that match oh, yet. 
You said you were going to lump them no, together. No, 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 I'm not. I said I'd feel bad if I did that. Oh, okay. So I thought you, I thought you were, I thought you were saying I you feel bad, but I'm still going to do it. So I was like, okay, he feels bad, you know but he's still going to do it. We, we can go ahead and talk about it now though. No, I don't want to mess up your rhythm. No, it's okay. Bianca cut that promo and then she wrestled Dewdrop again. And are the matches good? They're fine. Yes. Bianca always wins them. And I got people that are sitting there saying to me, oh no, I'd rather them do this than enhancement matches. What does it matter if the matches are good? Bro, you can put them against somebody else. Like, why are we watching this match all the time? Why is this happening all the time? Four straight months now, this match has happened. Why do we need to see this again? I don't so I'll it. give them credit here. And this is this is the only part where I can give credit. It is entertaining to see Bianca Belair and Dewdrop go at it, but that's just uh, you know a testament to them and the work that they bring. More specifically, the whole you know Bianca Belair being this very like strong powerhouse girl who can lift up Dewdrop. That's the part that's entertaining, and regardless, people are going to react to it. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna have to watch a rematch of a rematch of a rematch, then I get it being Bianca Belair and Dewdrop. But at the exact same time, this is something that we have seen numerous times. And while yeah, we're still gonna get over the fact that Bianca Belair is strong as hell, and that's entertaining to see. It is something that it's like, well, where else do we go from here? And it just kind of continues to show that again. We need more women on this roster. We need more women. Like, Dewdrop should have already been long gone into another story. Bianca Belair could be, you know, wrestling all these other types of different competitors that could bring something different than just her and Bianca, than just her and Dewdrop. So it is, um, it is one of those things where it's like, damn, it's good, but now we're just seeing it too many times. And then the, the, the Becky Lynch spot I did love, though. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that as well. Also, Nikki Ash is with Dewdrop. I'm I'm for that. I'm okay with that. I like Dewdrop as a worker. I love Bianca Belair as a performer. It's just my God, like how many how many times? This is the eleventh time they've worked with each other since November 29th, Denise. Yeah, through yeah. singles, triple threat, tags, the chamber, eleven times. That's good. We're good on it. Uh, Becky looked like a million bucks afterwards. I love that outfit. That was that was awesome. Yeah, she was just all in gold. She looked like an Academy Award. It was great. Um, but I loved it because she literally, uh, you know, just basically put Bianca's like hair through the chair and then used it as a way to like yank her into the into the ring post and smash her face right into it with the chair. It was I liked it. It was a pretty creative uh, little moment there. And um, like whenever, whenever. Becky like accelerated this and, and played off of her actually getting injured with Bianca's hair. I love that. I love that. And and she went after the hair, yanked her out of the ring by her hair was like talking about what that did to her. I thought that was a great way to add to the match. I thought that was good. Uh, Nerd Guru says Becky and Bianca didn't say a word tonight. And there was infinitely more heat than Ronda versus flair. They deserve the main event. And it's not a question. I don't even know if it's been decided yet, which What's is been decided. The, the the official final match of Saturday. I don't know if it's been like dead set locked in as of yet. I thought sure. I saw somewhere that they had already said that the Maybe. both women's matches were going to be on the same night. They are, but I don't know if they know which one's going on last. Oh, I see what you mean. All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? 
read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Mysterios versus The Hurt Business. We have uh, Jake Paul, or Logan Paul, rather, coming out with The Miz. So, uh, Jay says, it's 9.09 and and Ray just hit the ring to go to commercial. Nothing about this show has made sense and my brain hurts trying to figure out why they flushed the women out of the ring for Rollins to come out for a commercial and a video. Cody better be here. Well, he wasn't. And uh, we'll talk about how they rushed them out for the women in in a minute. But this was, I mean, I, I like seeing the Hurt Business on TV. I'm good with that. The Mysterios picking up a win after after setting up via a loss last week, which I thought was fine. You got the you got Paul and Miz ringside. I thought this was another one that was harmless. The action was good. I like seeing Shelton and Cedric in the ring. Nothing mind-blowing, but you know, when you're like seventh from the top on WrestleMania, I don't think you need like a mind-blowing build. Do I think they could do better? Yeah, I think they could do a lot better. Uh, Logan Paul impresses me with like how he sells and his facial reactions and his movements and all that. What do you think, Denise? Uh, let's see. You know what? Good for Logan Paul. I'm glad that he's coming out, doing all these appearances ahead of WrestleMania. I like that. You know what? He's in it. He seems 100% in the zone, in the game. I appreciate that. Uh, good for Dom to Dom Dominic. To, I, I always shorten his name because I always forget how to spell Dominic. So I write Dom on my notes. But anyway, so Dominic, uh, getting the frog splash, hitting the frog splash, getting the win for his team at the end. I thought, okay, nice for him getting them. Getting the Mysterios away. Because I think, wasn't it last week that they took the loss or something and it didn't make sense? Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to zone out these ones. But anyway, so I thought good for them and getting the win here. They desperately needed it. I was kind of hoping that they would get Logan Paul with the double 619 here tonight just to kind of leave us with something. I don't really feel like it's something that has to be uh, protected all the way until WrestleMania. And I get it. That's going to be like their big moment, their big spot. Like, oh my God, Logan Paul got the double 619. Night. I'm like, ah, you know what? They could have done it tonight and just given us a little extra something before the match. So personally, I think they should have just executed that tonight. Um, other than that, there is nothing else I want to say about this. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to it, to be honest with you. JW Pringle says, anyone other than me just tired of Dominic? Go to NXT 2.0. Um, there's not a lot added there to me right now. Not a ton added. 
Jojo says, how many times do we have to see Bianca and Dewdrop? Dewdrop never wins either. They got to start building her up. Becky, Bianca are better than Ronda and Charlotte, or is better than Ronda and Charlotte. Well, I agree with the Dewdrop thing. I agree that this build is better than Ronda and Charlotte. Um, I, I shared my thoughts on, well, I did, actually, I don't know if I did. Uh, Ronda and Charlotte, as, as far as, as their build, it felt like it was a retread of the WrestleMania thing from a few years ago. They were like, oh, well, here's this successful angle from a few years ago. It just wasn't as, it just wasn't as good. You know and what it felt like, Sean? What's that? Hey, Sean, I hate you. You're a one-trick pony. Yawa, Denise, you're a one-trick pony. Okay, we have a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's yes. what it felt like. It did. It really did. <laughs> like, that's the nicest way I can put it. There was no, like, there was no heat. There was no, like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that they did that brawl, though, on SmackDown. Mm. That added, that little brawl that they did at the end of the show added so much. But everything prior was just like, yeah. And, you know, sometimes when you've watched everything you can possibly watch on all those streaming services, it feels like it's a one-trick pony. It feels like you got nothing left in the tank, Denise. Yeah. Fortunately, with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, you can subscribe to all your favorite overseas subscription services. You can get early content. You can avoid geo restrictions or region blocking with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Get a great deal and an additional month free. And how about this? 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, you can get your money back for NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can change your virtual location with just one click on all your devices, phone, tablet, your computer, your, your laptop, desktop, TV, even your router with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Wow. How does it, how does it taste? It tastes like cotton candy. Like savings. It tastes like savings. Oh. I mean, if... <laughs> If you're a big UFC fan and you don't want to pay those outrageous UFC pay-per-view prices, you can subscribe to overseas services and end up paying for NordVPN.com slash Fightful itself with all the savings. Maybe you want to subscribe to the WDB network and you don't like the current layout. Well, you can subscribe via overseas services with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Check it out, my friends. You're going to love it. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Man, I need to get better at these live reads. I was like, uh, uh, God, <laughs> sorry, Sean. I let you down. I thought you did well. Chris Perea says Ronda Charlotte should officially be a submission match. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind if they made that a submissions match. Would actually make sense to the story, to be honest. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind me. Wouldn't bother me at all. Jambeard says, if I heard correctly, Nikki said they were going to fight on Becky's behalf. Vince knows there's a difference between Scottish and Irish, right? Probably not. Probably not. Um, I'm going to say not. <laughs> or he's long forgotten it. We got the RK Bro celebration, Denise. Randy Orton is so happy to be with Riddle. He's throwing this party and he's like, listen, I know I'm not good at throwing parties, but you're my friend. And he hugs him. Riddle's very happy as well. They're just so ecstatic. Street Profits come out. They, they go a little heelish because RK-Bro is over. And Street Profits rightfully say, you know, we beat you a couple weeks ago, so we should probably get a shot at those titles. I agree, Denise. Not a lot more that they should need to do. However, this leads to a match, which gets broken up by Alpha Academy, who just lost the tag team titles. 
It looks like they're going to go back into the triple threat for WrestleMania. It was a banger of a match last week. So if they can match up to that, sure, whatever. Uh, I think it's a, a, a bad build for a WrestleMania story. I think a lot of these are lazy builds. Um, <laughs> the fact that Riddle had to be like, Orton, no, 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 it's WrestleMania. We have to face literally anybody, somebody, just to be on the show. And the fact that that is the story for like three or four different people, it's like, ah, I don't have anything to do at WrestleMania, so I better find something. Like, that's not good storytelling at all. I mean, maybe, oh for, maybe for one guy. You know what this is starting to feel like? Prom night. Oh my God, I don't have a date. I gotta get a date for prom night. That's what this is starting to feel like. We're trying to find a match for WrestleMania. Um, But either way, I actually really liked this whole entire, like, not necessarily like the match and the DQ and all of that. I didn't care for that. But I did care for, like, just the interactions between Randy and Matt Riddle. With Matt Riddle being like, um, oh, was he? Okay, so when Matt Riddle asked about the popcorn and whether or not he got it at the specific spot in Jacksonville. And Randy was like, no, I just got it from the concession stands. And he was like, well, I love the popcorn from the concession stands. Uh, that was great. That I, one I thing wish. I wish he would have said, because uh, because Riddle named a popcorn place in Jacksonville. I wish Randy Orton would have said, well, I got it from the concession stands here in Jacksonville, Florida, just to get the hometown pop. I thought that would have been good. Yeah, that. But the, the whole popcorn bit... To be honest, that was that was the one thing that really sold it for me because I thought it was pretty hilarious. Then the the gifts, the I cert well, he gave him the bubble gum and then this green little baggie, and he said, and Randy tells Matt Riddle, I searched, oh, this is something we're gonna share. And I searched high and low for it. And so I thought those little parts of this were funny but everything else was just kind of like okay street profits coming out and ex and accepting the ch uh uh issuing the challenge and then them accepting it i was a fan of that i wouldn't mind if they did the triple threat match like you said the triple threat tag team match i think that would just add to it and might as well get more guys on the card etc that's all fine and dandy um I don't think there's anything else I want to add more other than, you know what? We could have had a nice little match between Riddle and, and Montez Ford, though. I think they could have yeah. gone a little bit longer and given us a little bit more before the DQ or not do the DQ. But I get it because now I guess the DQ is leading to this triple sure. threat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, kind of underwhelming to me. Nerd Guru says Becky and Bianca should be a street fight. I agree. I, re I really think they should go that route. Aaron Watson says... Watching Ronda and Charlotte recap, I realized they kind of reminded me of Ibushi and Naito. They bring out the best and worst in each other. We'll see with the singles match. I think it could be a really good match. And I think it will be a good match. I do think it'll be a great match. Jambeard says it might be a risk, but I kind of want Miz to kayfabe, take Dom out before Mania, and Ray's mystery partner ends up being Bad Bunny. I think Bad Bunny's got a concert date. I thought he was going to say Cody Rhodes. I was I don't know no. why I was I was like that would make no sense at all, but I did think that's where he was going with the no, comment. I, I would uh, love to see Bad Bunny again. He I think he's great. got a concert date set for that night. So, I don't think Let it's me look. Happen. I'm going to look for his Bad Bunny concert tour date. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Oh man. Well, we had the Edge promo, but every, the, what everybody was talking about was his new music. He's got a new song uh, by Alter Bridge, and at first, it's very jarring. Like, Because for the last however many years, you've had that same 
sampled the same woman saying, you think you know me from like vignettes that brought him into WWF in 1998. Now it's him saying it. And he says, you never knew me. And it kicks off into another altar bridge song. I loved it. I love that they still use the altar bridge and the song was really good. How'd you feel about it? it? It's a big change. I don't think I'm that person that was just like so big into like the edge song. Sure. Like I feel a lot of people loved it a lot more than I did, by the way, bad Bunny's going to be in Florida. So he's definitely not going to be at WrestleMania. Just, Told you. just making sure I was just checking to see where he was going to be at. <laughs> hey, I might hit up a show or something, but anyways. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really care. I, honestly, I'm just like, the song was okay. I don't really care because I, like I said, I was never like a really big person on, on like his songs. I thought they were okay, but I think a lot of people are bigger fans than I am is what I'm trying to get at. I'm yeah. not that big of a fan. So it didn't really make me, didn't make much of a difference in my life. How about the promo? It was it was like teetering on an all you people promo. It was it was very close to it. You know what but, it was? Facebook what? girl gets into some drama and then she says, only God can judge me. I was getting ready for Edge to pull out the only God can judge me line. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was pretty good stuff. I love the new music. Love that. RH says, Edge stole Willy Wonka's three-course meal gum. He turned into a blueberry. You people turned him violet. That's a very good reference. Brennan says he's not sure how he feels about losing Metalingus, but it's nice to see Edge keep Alter Bridge. I agree with that. I love the, the connection to Alter Bridge. I'm sure Alter Bridge likes Edge keeping them as well. I mean, they're, they're a good band and stuff, but by far the most play they get every single week is Edge coming out to the ring. So I think that's probably something that they really like. Uh, Cher Delaware says, was told Edge is very involved in his creative and it was his choice to get the crowd to not pop for him. So, I mean, I believe that because not only is Edge involved in his creative, he has been involved in other people's creative in the past, Denise. He helped out with the creative team for, for quite a while when he was out. So that's not surprising to me. How have you felt about Edge's heel turn so far? I feel like it's a if it wasn't for like him turning down the lights, changing the changing the changing the music coming out, you know, more, you know, with the hair back and the 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 look, I feel like it would kind of be the exact same thing that we've been getting before with Edge. So thankfully all of these little presentation changes have definitely added to it, but I just kind of feel like if you, again, I said this last week, but if you're going to come out and do all of these changes, you need to come out here with a promo that is creative, a promo that's going to knock me off my chair. Sure. Uh, and this was all just, you know, I'm better than everybody. I've heard a million wrestlers come out and say, I'm better than everybody. I, and then him saying he won't be judged by anyone. Okay. Cool. What else? Like, I just expect a little bit more uh, creativity when you kind of heard so many, oh, so many of these stuffs and so much similarities to what Edge said here tonight. I thought it was just there. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. Kevin Owens comes out for a promo. Talks about his his WrestleMania path, but I mean that's all to set up the main event for tonight. Because Kevin Owens has his WrestleMania match set up. It's Steve Austin. There was an incredible video that Steve Austin put out last week. Amazing. 
And you can tell that they tried to get Steve Austin for a match, Denise, because he's saying you can call it a match, you can call it a talk show, you can call it whatever you want. No, you so can't. We call it can't. one thing. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if oh, if Austin hit him with a stunner, then like counted the three himself. Like I think that's his way around it. But then it's not an official match, I agree. though. Where's I agree. the referee? We need bells. I'm with you. But hey, you know what? He did that once after he won the WWF title. His first title defense, I think he did that with uh, Mick Foley. I think he counted himself. Because that was the thing. Like when instantly where they were saying, oh, you can call it this. You can call it that. I thought, I I get what you're trying to say here. But yeah. no, you can't because you either promote it as a show or you either promote it as a match. It's two totally different things, man. Like you can't just call it anything. And I like you can tell that they were also still like even when they made the announcement that he was going to be on the KO show. I remember Corey Graves really selling the fact that it's been 19 years. And I'm like, why is he really hitting home trying to hit home the 19 years? Like if you already promoted this as a show, he's going to make a guest appearance and it's not going to be a match. Why are we hammering home the 19 years? So I did think that was a little bit interesting, but I, I wish that they would just say, Hey, this is what it's going to be. You don't have to say it's, there's a possibility of it being a match. Just tell us it's going to be the KO show. I'm good with that. Just let me know ahead of time. Yeah. So Seth Rollins is very depressed about the fact that he doesn't have a WrestleMania moment. And, and Owens is beside himself. He's happy, even though he's probably getting his ass whipped. He's happy. And Rollins is like, no, no, I've got it. I've got it. And they rushed the women out of the ring for this. Let me tell you, there was plenty of time on this show to just set this up and not have Rollins sitting out there for six and a half minutes during commercials. But Rollins is like, I've got a great idea. And he brings out Kevin Owens. And he's like, what if I had a talk show and Steve Austin was on that talk show at WrestleMania? And Owens was so good here, Denise. He's like, no, that's my thing. He's mad at me. He's already, he's already called me out. He's already pissed off at me. Go get somebody else pissed off at you. Kevin Owens is so good at playing off of people. I love that Rollins' brilliant idea was just do exactly the thing that Kevin Owens did. To me, I found that very funny, Denise. All right. This is one of those situations where we talk about something being stupid but being funny. This was yeah, stupid yeah. funny. This was the best example of being some, something being so dumb but it working because Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins' personality and them like fighting each other and going at it and then being like, yeah, well, I got this brilliant idea. And Kevin Owens is like, yeah, like, what is it? Like, he's all like, you know, looking forward to seeing what Seth Rollins is going to say. And then Seth being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a talk show, too. And so I really did like the I, uh, I liked. Let me rephrase this. I liked their, their them like riffing off of each other and arguing and bickering amongst each other. That was funny. But when you break down the fact that we legitimately got a match to see who is going to host a talk show and who is going to have Stone Cold Steve Austin as their guest was really, really dumb. And it was really dumb because then that 
essentially defeats the purpose of Kevin Owens and why he was attacking Texas and everything that Kevin Owens did to lead up to this talk show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you're basically telling me that that doesn't matter because now this could have easily been handed to Seth Rollins had he won this match and had this could have easily been transferred to Seth Rollins. He could have had the talk show with Stone Cold Steve Austin as, as, as his guest. So it defeats the purpose and everything that Kevin Owens did before this. So was this funny? Yes. Was it stupid and did not make sense? Yes. I loved it. I thought it was was great. And I also worth mentioning Kevin Owens starting the show with a hey yo, him saying backstage, uh, tough times don't last, tough guys do. That was really good, classy stuff from Kevin Owens. Well, Sonya Deville made the match. <laughs> it was like, no, we're doing this. I like this idea. If Rollins beats you, he gets a talk show. Uh, I was just like, what? Like that setup was, it didn't make a lot of sense. Like Austin wasn't there to just whip somebody's ass. As you mentioned, he was there to whip somebody's ass who had been talking trash about him in Texas. So I, yeah, I completely agree them. They were funny in it, but it didn't make a damn bit of sense. Thank you. That's exactly what I was saying. Yes. Zach says 15 minutes between KO entering and the match starting 15 Christ on a bike, either cut the show to two hours or book actual content. KO in the ring offering to start his own milk brand to see if WWE would promote it was golden though. He is great. So they have their match. Uh, by the way, Mr. Showtime says Kevin peppering in hall stuff uh, all night was great. Cadillac Carson says, why doesn't Seth just face Veer? There's still hope for him to have a path to WrestleMania if his past accomplishments aren't enough to merit. To me, I'd be like, it'd be promotional malpractice if WWE didn't put Seth Rollins on WrestleMania. That'd be their own stupid promotional issue there. So dumb. So dumb. But um, the implication that everybody took was Jacksonville, Cody. Again, I just want to reiterate, at no point did I report Cody Rhodes is going to be in Jacksonville. Have not reported it. If you're saying that came from somebody, didn't come from this guy. FightfulSelect.com has the update on Cody. I've been in contact with Cody. I've been in contact with, with his team. Um, they ain't coughing up that info, obviously, but I was there was nothing hinted to me to indicate that he would be on tonight's show. I know USA Network execs were told that he would not be on tonight's show during the show. And uh, the match was incredible. It was a great match between these two. Kevin Owens wins clean, and I'm fine with that. I like the match. That was perfectly fine. Uh, I also want to say that earlier in Kevin Owens' first promo when he when he stunned when he when he hit the stunner on the cameraman, the cameraman looked like a young Miz. Just throwing that out there. I don't know if you noticed this, but that was something that got my attention. Uh, I like this match. I like uh, Kevin Owens going for the senton and uh, Seth Rollins hitting up the, getting up the knees there. But So I like that moment. I'm trying to think what else I liked about this. There, I liked the frog splash was good. That was yeah. a good moment as well. And, you know, just now the whole thing is we still don't have a plan for Seth Rollins. At the end of the day, there's still no plans for Seth Rollins. So I think that beg, that begs the big question of, 
do we still think Cody Rhodes is coming to WWE? Because why would they be I holding do. off on Seth Rollins? Like the biggest, one of their biggest oh. stars, Seth Rollins, not having something for WrestleMania, I think is the only thing right now that's still keeping me thinking I, that Cody is coming. People in AEW that I talk to think that he'll just show up at WrestleMania. Um, Cadillac Carson says, Seth doesn't have a prom date. He should go with his friends and have a fun time. <laughs> I mean, what's keeping him from just being with Owens in the talk show, Denise. They're best friends. Maybe Kevin Owens doesn't want to co-host. Maybe he's afraid he's going to get muted. <laughs> oh my God, Denise. Just throwing it out there. You don't know. I'm just trying to give this story oh, some Denise. story. Mr. Showtime says, they said it's Seth's nightmare. American nightmare. Well, there was also the reference to his mania hopes are dashed. The revolutionary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got a bunch of super chats about Cody that we are about to get to. Uh, but Grant says three Raws left before Mania. And the big story of this episode was two top guys fighting each other over the right to host a talk show on a two-night pay-per-view. An announcer got randomly offered a match on the same card during the podcast. Almost every build is brutal. This has been a very lazy build. I, I, will, I won't say that it was lazier than last year's. Last year was real bad. The builds were terrible last year. Tremaine asks how your hashtag big dump was at Revolution. No comment. All I know is that you were spreading some fake ass news. Me? Never. Uncultured Gamer says, WD doesn't want WrestleMania to be about the stars. It's about the brand, and that's backwards. Yeah, because what are they doing? They're bringing in other stars instead of utilizing their own. Ricardo says, KO, don't need no step host. Right, Denise? Very flat. <laughs> No step posts. Jambeard says, Denise didn't have a prom date. Ha ha. I didn't have a prom date. No. Didn't I already tell that story? You did. Yeah, I did. Kate says, honestly, feel bad for ponies that do just one thing. <laughs> Don't we all? But no Cody Rhodes was a big subject here. Like, it was... It was something that a lot of the audience tuned in to see. A lot of them thought and worked themselves into it and said, you know what? Here you go. It's going to be Cody Rhodes. WWE has dropped some like little hints and references, but they've, it, it wasn't as overt as Darby Allen saying, even if you're the best in the world, nothing like that. It's enough that where they could get out of it. Uh, Storm and Norman says, who comes first? Veer, Elias, or Cody? I think Cody. Elias. Really? I had yeah. an update on him on FightfulSelect.com today. Please subscribe. Uh, we are at 6,300 subscribers. We're at 5,000, I posted the worst interview I ever did with uh, Virgil. If we get to 10,000, Jimmy will fly me to interview him again. So that will happen. Are you waiting to interview Virgil? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Cher says, adrenaline, out of control. I watched three hours just to get trolled. Oh, boy. A lot of people did. A lot I of people I don't know did. why, though. Is it because I just, like, I remember us having this conversation of, like, oh, if he comes, would you debut him at Jacksonville? Yeah, I would. Okay, cool. And then we kind of went from there. 
And somewhere around like three o'clock my time, I started to see that like Cody Rhodes was trending in my for you. And I was like, oh, everybody thinks he's coming today. And I, I even thought, did somebody put something out there that said that Cody Rhodes was for sure coming in today? Personally, I was not expecting to see Cody Rhodes whatsoever here tonight. And when I found out that the main event was going to be for that the talk show who gets the talk show I thought oh come on he is not gonna come in during this so the second I found that out I was like there's no way Cody's gonna come in the working into the whole who's getting the talk show story so for me I do kind of feel like a lot of people really really got their hopes up and shouldn't have well we have a bunch of super chats about this Orlando says where the hell is Cody I'm over his return just come back whenever Lucas says adrenaline in my soul what the F wears Cody Rhodes? Zach says adrenaline was in the air, but Cody Rhodes wasn't effing there. <laughs> A lot of people just wondering. Uh, Jeff saying adrenaline in my soul. Where the F is Cody Rhodes? Zach saying half a squared circle are in agony as they had to suffer watching Raw, hoping there is Cody Rhodes, but they got worked. I don't think they got worked. I just think that a lot of people read into the hints, and that's understandable why a lot of people read into the hints. Um, no, I'm, I think it was a lot of, like, the social media buzz, yes. people talking about Cody Rhodes and this sure. and that. Because I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, everybody's saying that it's going to happen, so it must happen. Man, I see this in stan culture all the damn time. So-and-so's going to drop an album this Friday. No, they're not. They never said anything. It ain't going to happen. And then every single day, you see those people disappointed. And this is exactly what this reminded me of. This whole Cody Rhodes thing was literally everything that I see every Every damn Friday on Stan Culture or Stan Twitter, uh, whatever you want to call it. Gonna try to get these Cody Rhodes uh, super chats streamlined, like into teases and stuff like that. But there were a lot of them. Uh, Jorge Sandoval says, Can't believe Cody made me watch a Raw show. Uh, saw someone on Twitter call you this, and I didn't like it. Uh, or, and I like it. Keep up the work, Sean Ross Shams. I assume you mean the NBA uh, writer. Hey, that's a very nice comparison. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, J Blood says, got to say, I watched Raw to see if Cody would show. Not sure I enjoyed it more that he didn't. It was kind of a great punchline. I don't think so. I think the show would have been a lot better if he showed up. But you've also got people saying, sad day watching Twitter detectives trying to deduce if Cody would be on Raw was just what I needed. Jambeard says he sat through, through a terrible Raw to see if Cody would show up, and he felt like he got cock blocked. Damn. And Urs says he watched as well. The pacing of the show is dreadful. KO came out to the ring 12 minutes later after the commercial break. The match finally starts. Oh, the pacing on both Raw and SmackDown have been miserable. Miserable. Carter said people are going to be mad when Cody's the booker for ROH. It's not what I'm hearing as of now. Asian says the hearing? Hmm? Not that. Not that. Asian Joe <laughs> says, Denise's mom has experience as a matchmaker. Can we get her to book Rollins' WrestleMania match? What are you talking about? My mom beat a matchmaker? Where did this come from? I have no clue. I was going to say, what? <laughs> Amir says, Cody Rhodes dropping an album this Friday, Denise. Very clever. Hey, man. Friday T feeling. <laughs> TWD fan says, they have to have some sort of agreement with Cody since they continue to reference him, right? Remember when Vince told Seth, to stop the punk call-outs. Yeah, I, I would imagine that they, they're confident that if they don't have something done, that something will be done. Hey, what's that over there? 
says, hey, I hope Cody signs with ROH so I can get FTR versus the Briscoes versus Cody and Dustin. I don't know if AEW or if ROH is like a regular thing, what type of influence Warner Media will have over it because they didn't want the Briscoes in AEW. So I, who knows if they will say, hey, we also don't want them in ROH either. Or if they'll even listen. Nerd Guru says, I know they didn't promote Cody or anything, but when you do know the people ex- uh, expect this and you have that trigger to pull it in Jacksonville, why not do it? They might want to get everybody to watch WrestleMania for the same reason. You know what I mean, Denise? Like they might say, maybe we can get people out of morbid curiosity because it did work for CM Punk in in AEW. Sean, let me ask you a question because this is something that I was thinking about too today. Sure. When is the last time we had a legitimate big surprise on WWE that everyone lost their minds about? A big surprise, like legitimate. Well, that's put me on the spot. Um, Brock coming back was a good one. Becky coming okay. back was a good one. Okay. That's Roman good Reigns one. coming back was a very big one. I mean, they they beat us over the head with the freaking tagline, you're never going to see it coming. And we didn't see it coming. Roman Reigns returned at SummerSlam. That was an incredible one. Because that's what I was thinking about today. Christian I was trying well. to think. I was trying to think. What would WWE do? Let's say you have Cody Rhodes and let's say he was going to show up in Jacksonville. Does WWE just magically have him appear as a surprise? Here he is. Or do they do like some cheesy promotional tactic to get people to get the watch, to obviously get them to watch the show? Sure. Like what would you expect? So for me, I think part of the reason that that they didn't promote something for today made me know that he wasn't going to come out because I didn't expect them just to be like, here, bam, surprise, here's Cody. I was not expecting them to drop us a surprise like that. That's not the way that I feel WWE normally does things. I think they would probably do something like we have, I don't know, just some funny segment of, I don't know, just they would have promoted it. I don't think that they would have done it without some sort of promotion, even if it was a vague promotion. Oh, man. Audio Flesh says they wrestle for a talk show spot. Seth loses clean and gets a match with a big returning Cody. Winner gets to host a show. Loser gets a match. What is this? I mean, that is a good point. That is a very, very good point. Mr. Showtime says, guys, maybe WWE is so bad, they don't realize they're teasing anything. That kind of fits their creative. No, they know. And and yeah, we'll we'll talk about that momentarily. Um but Mr. Showtime says, even if Cody had shown up, it's not like it would have made the three hours before it better. A bad show made worse by not delivering on self-made hype. Well, I mean, it was fan-made hype. They they have referenced things, but they have never said anything like, oh, well, next week. Oh, well, next week. GBP says, or actually, that's C. He sent GBPs. <laughs> he says, the people that sent three hours watching Raw for Cody haven't learned their lesson from the last time. They won't waste mine like that. Well... Hopefully we're not wasting your money. Get in your super chats and your humper chats, guys. But there were a lot of of Cody references tonight. Mark says, they may not have reported it directly, but WWE were clearly aware of the rumors that were out there and did nothing to curb them. WWE is happy to take advantage of this situation, but doesn't care about their fans at all. I don't know why they would curb them, Denise. Like, Why would you? Why would you do that? No, if there's buzz for your show and you want rating shit, I don't care where the, if I'm the business owner, I wouldn't care where that buzz came from. Shit, come watch my show. I don't give a damn. (laughs) 
Ryan says, Corey Graves teased at the end of the show. They got to be bringing him in if they keep referencing him, right? Do they hold it off because of the Hall stuff? No, it wasn't because of the Hall stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's... Josh's Town says, too many Cody teases tonight. Joel says, the use, use of words dashed a nightmare after the main event has me feeling like Cody is coming, plus the fact that they haven't even teased another opponent. So, and, and Nerguru says... At this point, I expect Seth is going to hold an open challenge at Mania. If they have Cody, he'll just come in at Mania. Idiocy at its finest. I disagree. I don't think it's idiocy at its finest. I do think if they are teasing this much, Denise, I think that they've got some sort of deal in place, or at least they feel confident that he's going to come in. If WWE does not have some sort of deal in place, Denise, and he isn't coming to WrestleMania, I would be telling people in their headsets, Cut that shit out. Cut that shit out. What do you think? Like, do you think they have a deal in place with him? Just, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but just the fact that they still don't have anything for Seth Rollins, like I said, one of their biggest stars on their roster, the fact that they don't have a WrestleMania program for him, that's the only thread that is keeping me thinking that there's still a shot that it's going to be Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Because if if not, man, I would have already came up with somebody else or at least had started to get that ball rolling for a what if, a plan B. Cowboy Clay says, thanks to Fightful Select, I knew what the main event was going to be. And I knew if Cody was showing up, I just had to tune in the last 30 minutes. Thanks for saving me two and a half hours, Sean. FightfulSelect.com, guys. We, we have a new record number of subscribers, and I want to thank you all so much for that. Uh, special presentation this week since I'll be sidelined. Jimmy Van doing a Q&A with uh, Joel Pearl. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tremaine says, I got it. Put him behind a wall with a Stormtrooper helmet and a vest on. Have some pyro ready. Big pop. His uncle is the Shockmaster. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Thank you he for called, the he, he calls him Uncle Fred, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Burns says, I was already weirdly ready for a train wreck with the Omos match, but it was just kind of bad, not horrible. Since I know it will be asked, I will do it. I don't know what you mean, but uh, I, I thought that it wasn't the worst thing that I ever saw. Reminder, guys, listen your boy on Tuesday. There's also going to be a special uh, edition of Jeremy Lambert's show on Wednesday. So check that out. Tremaine says, all I heard was Denise say comes. It has to be a Blue Chew ad, right? Not not on the Monday shows, my friends. Tune in Tuesdays for that. Michael Key says seven months. Here's the uh, seven more also. Yeah, our uh, Fightful, uh, Fightful YouTube members get uh, free Super Chats here and there. Bill says all that's missing is LA Knight versus Waller to host WrestleMania. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. KE775 says, thinks Dolph is on NXT for a while or just a short-term thing. Also, I wonder if Vince decides uh, or just randomly calls up Gunther and Braun. I think Braun will get called up. I think Gunther is absolutely getting called up. I don't think they're bringing him over to the States and he's getting ripped just to hang out at the Performance Center, Denise. Sean, it's not Gunther. It's Gunther. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Bill says, so happy to hear Samoa Joe is the voice of King Shark in the upcoming Suicide Squad game. Great to see released wrestlers expanding their talents into different areas. It is great to see that. And it's great to see these companies being open to that. Like, if you listen to Samoa Joe, you know he's got a unique voice that, that will stand out and will work for stuff like that. 
Drew says, any updates on which dish Jinder Mahal enjoys the most in catering? That's mean. Don't be mean. Uh, N. Simmons says, Seth Ricochet is an easy plan B. Rollins is desperate and Ricochet is a fighting champ. Screw the brand split. I think about a 0.5% chance of that happening. But you never know. But I don't think it's happening. That wouldn't make any sense to me. Alexander says, isn't this argument a bit backwards? WWE didn't promise Cody, so it's not on them if fans work themselves. Okay, then they tease him all night, so it must mean he's coming. Seems pretty carny. I don't think them teasing him is carny at all. I think it's just smart of them to do it if he's coming in. If he's not coming in, it is incredibly carny. But yes, WWE did not promise Cody. They didn't indicate that anybody special was coming in for Jacksonville. They never promoted it. Fans worked themselves into a shoot. I also think there's different levels of teases, man. I don't think the teases were big enough for me to say, hey, they're bringing in Cody tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think if you're going to do a tease, a tease you would know for sure. Not a, hey, let's all read in between the lines. So I, I don't agree with that. So you know what? There's a lot of people complaining about Raw. They're saying, like Kate said, it, she was snoring through Raw. Well, you know what? After that, you want to head to bed. And you want to head to bed and get a great night's sleep. And you can do that with helixsleep.com slash Fightful. I sleep on this bad boy every night. When I travel, it's just not the same. Because at home, I got my Helix Sleep mattress. And I got that with their Helix Sleep quiz. It took just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, and firm. They have ones that will cool you down if you sleep hot, ones that align your spine, even Helix Plus mattresses for plus-size sleepers. I took the quiz. I was matched up with the Dusk Lux model. I used to just be a back sleeper. Now I can sleep on my side as well without tossing and turning all night. So take that quiz. You order the mattress. It's shipped to your door for free. And how about this? We got a bunch of great stuff for you here. 10-year warranty, and you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, so you don't have to worry about that. And you go to helixsleep.com slash Fightful, take their two-minute quiz, and they offer up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. I got that California King, and I sleep so much better than on that mattress that I bought off of Amazon years ago. I didn't have to go to a mattress store because after I bought one on Amazon, I said never again. But by God, I took that quiz and it matched me up all right. Helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Uh, from this point on on the show, guys, uh, I would like all the Super Chats to be about Scott Hall. We're done talking about Raw. Please leave a thumbs up and all that, and we greatly appreciate you. I'll read the last couple. TWD fan says, when Cody cuts his first promo, you think it'll be an I'm back home thing. It'll be so weird. No, I don't think it'll be an I'm back home. I think if he came out tonight, he probably would have said, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I think that would have been kind of cool. But Tremaine says, loving Denise's Beetlejuice cosplay today. No, I'm not Beetlejuice. I got the Pugsley look. You just can't see the bottom. Oh, boy. Well, um, unfortunately... We got news this week or last week that Scott Hall was undergoing hip surgery. And unfortunately, due to complications of hip surgery, he was put on life support. Kevin Nash broke the tragic news this morning that he would be taken off life support once his family got there. Dave Meltzer had mentioned that he was taken off life support and was breathing 
or, or was still alive. But unfortunately, by the time Raw rolled around, that was no longer the case. And we lost Scott Hall, the former Razor Ramon at the age of 63. Man, this guy was a really great example of recovery, of strength, of of willpower, and a lot of that stuff, and um, talent, being willing to give, not being afraid of somebody taking your spot. He set the template for the cool heel. He is one of the most influential wrestling talents of all time. He is the reason why guaranteed contracts became a thing. He is the reason why the Crow Sting gimmick existed. He helped launch the career of the one two, three kid. Chris Jericho tells a story in his book where Scott Hall kind of went against the, against the booking and was like, hey, you're beating me tonight because I don't need this win. You need this win, and I'm not getting hurt by it. You would constantly hear stories about how Scott Hall would give people gimmicks, give people creative ideas. Um... Such a supreme talent. Such a mega talent. Uh, guys, reminder, you can share your thoughts and all that. All the Super Chats from here on out, uh, I would like to be about Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Denise, how are you feeling right now? This is this is a, a tragic moment. Yeah, it's been like, man, I just want to say I feel so bad for uh, his friends and his family. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, X-Pac, Sean Waltman, who I worked closely with. And those three years that I worked with Sean, oh, man, I saw how much he loved Scott Hall. Just getting to see that, like, front row and center, it's one of those things where you're just like, that brotherhood that you saw on television, that you may see on social media, that you've seen on videos or whatever, like, that's a real thing in real life. So immediately, like, I, he's just obviously been somebody that has been in my mind as, you know, everything's been going down. And um, it's, I felt just like reading Kevin Nash's like post, it was just so like hard to see that because, um, you know, being on life support, it is not easy. It's not easy on the family whatsoever. And like, just thinking about how you know, things went from like, hey, like the hip issue to getting three heart attacks, Sean, three heart attacks, like, uh, you know, just like, just knowing what one heart attack does to a person, and then multiplying that and having three heart attacks. And it just like, you don't realize how much like that affects the body. And like, I'm no doctor or anything, but I just like know this stuff. And like, I just started thinking about like, all of that and just like thinking about what the family must be going through. So just to sadly see how it started off as, you know, they're going to take him off of live support. This is going to be the end. So knowing that his family was going to have to make this decision to then going to, you know what, he's still alive. He's breathing. There's hope. Oh my God, that's good to all of a sudden. Hey, the next thing is he's gone. That's it. It's it's just like it's terrible. It's life, but it's terrible. It's not an easy thing to talk about. And I just like there's so much that we can talk about. Skull Hall, the tribute, the tribute video that oh, they did incredible. today and everybody chanting his name at the end. Oh, my God. That was that was awesome. I mean, it was awesome just to see um, just a couple of glimpses of his career, you know, and however long that tribute video was. And just to have that moment where everybody was chanting his name. Oh, man. So um, I, I posted a thread of some of my favorite Scott Hall matches today. I haven't posted one of my favorite moments, but we've got some of you guys doing that. 
Uh, Riley says he had the best center stunner cell ever. He did. He absolutely did. That was the best of all time where he just launched in the air. Jason says we should also give a small shout out to DDP for his role in giving us Scott Hall for another 10 years. We didn't know he'd be this or we'd be this blessed. Not only that, I mean, DDP helped Scott Hall find an identity in WCW as well before that. And they, they had a great friendship. But yes, big shout out to DDP um, for, for that, for looking at that situation and saying, I got to help out my friend. Nerd Guru says, hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last. Bad guys do. WWE never misses with these types of packages. Um, I think that is the greatest line in the history of the WWE Hall of Fame ever. Ever. I mean, man, I get emotional thinking about that. We saw Corey Graves getting emotional um, at the, the, at writer, the end of this Sean, too. That worked with him on the Hall of Fame speech. He mm-hmm. posted something on Twitter. Um, and I forgot what it was verbatim, but it was basically him saying that like uh, Scott, when he was working on that speech, basically said that they studied or like watched some of the other previous speeches and that he joked that, you know, all these people talk so much and that yeah. he wanted to get something like clear and concise and like he was able to get it done within like a couple of minutes. But just like knowing that it's become something that, you know, it's being shared everywhere because of how how like hard it hit uh, yeah. and just kind of hearing it from like the writer's perspective was pretty interesting, too. Oh, New Punk Rant says, do you think to do a Scott Hall tribute on AEW? Rest in peace, bad guy. One of the biggest characters of my lifetime, AO. Yeah, I, I think they will. I, I absolutely do think that they will. Uh, Ricardo says, rest in power. Scott Hall, you left a huge mark. Mr. Showtime, the bad guy being gone sucks so hard. RIP. I mean, to me, growing up, he was the first cool bad guy. And that's the funny thing is that his good guy character got over being the bad guy because he was so impossibly cool. You could not help but to cheer him. And that like reinvigorated wrestling. Almost everybody that's using the crucifix power bomb in the United States is using it because of Scott Hall using it because of razor Ramon others did it before him, but he made it famous here. Exactly. I mean, of course, there's NWO, which we we barely got into, but that that revolutionized pro wrestling. It was it was um, it's just incredible. Orlando says R.I.P. Scott Hall. Uh, Riptide saying R.I.P. Survey time was too sweet. That was another thing he got over the survey time. Well, he, he wasn't wrestling nearly as much. He was just like, hey, yo, survey time and got it over. He got so much different stuff over Denise. I just want to say, since we're talking about him getting stuff over and, you know, we briefly mentioned the NWO, I feel like a lot of the times people give, you know, credit more so to Hogan and the Hogan turn for that being the catalyst of the NWO and all of that. But I really do think that like Scott Hall being the person to show up to Nitro unannounced and him being that first person, I think that really was like had any like I don't think had anybody else done it, it had to be Scott Hall to do it because nobody, I think, added the cool factor the way that he did. And I feel like he deserves like, oh my God, like so much more credit for that. And it's just one of those things like I was, you know, I was rewatching it because Ariel Helwani like reshared, like shared the video on Twitter. And I was just like looking at that and I was just thinking like, shit, man, like, you know, moments like that don't happen anymore. Moments like that don't yeah. happen anymore. And just like seeing like just like the coolness of like what he brought and like the survey time and all of that every single, you know, time it 
it's just something to you know bring up. Orlando says sad news about Hall. Storm and Norm says thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. RIP bad guy. Bob Harris, our good friend, says fly high, Scott Hall. Cadillac Carson, very saddened by the passing of Scott Hall. Crazy how it happened in the matter of a couple days. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Jambeard says, survey says heaven got one of the good guys. RIP to one of the very best to never win a world title who should have. Maybe the best. Maybe the best. Lake says, RIP Razor Ramon. Bad times don't last. Bad guys do. Uh, Leon, Leonza Duncan says, how fitting. Uh, that, that one's kind of pointless there. Not, not going to read that one. Kind of tasteless. Michael Keyes says, I had the pleasure of meeting Scott. He was the sweetest, coolest guy I've ever met. Hope he's finally found peace. We all loved him. Everybody was influenced by him. Like, to some degree, like, his fingerprints just all over, all over pro wrestling over the last couple decades. Cadillac Carson says, very saddened by the passing of Scott Hall. Um, We read that one. Uh, But, yes, it is crazy how it happened in a couple of days. Josh's Town says, when Corey started to cry, I lost it. RIP Hall. And Ryan says, Corey barely keeping his composure got me super emotional. I thought the video package was phenomenal. I love the crowd. Again, as you mentioned, Denise chanting his name, giving him a standing ovation. Oh, man. It it was, it was, it's very sad. It is sad. And uh, Alex Fuse, uh, a great young journalist, had posted that he thought that having a ladder match at WrestleMania in memory of Razor Ramon would be a good idea. And I was like, my God, what's Ricochet doing at WrestleMania? Put him in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Like, yeah. do that. Nerd Drew says, Razor Ramon Memorial Ladder Match, Ricochet, LA Knight, Pete Dunn, not Butch. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know who else. Denise, what do you think about that? I mean, I would love that idea just to kind of give a little bit of just like share like some memories about Skull Hall and whatnot. I remember like, so obviously I kind of came a little bit after his time and whatnot. So when I first got started watching wrestling, my uncle would like put on like Coliseum home videos for me and show me like all of these tapes of like previous like, you know, wrestlers that I didn't know about. You know, I had no idea who yeah. these people were. So I was being introduced to them. And I just remember like my first time, like I still remember my first time seeing Razor Ramon. And I just thought like, you know, this whole time, like I didn't, you know, he was the first person that I saw and keep in mind that I was watching tapes when I had already been watching like wrestling period, like aside from Austin, cause that's the time that I started, you know, watching, he was like the first person to me that was like, he's a bad guy, but I want to root for him. Like, you know, like I want to root for him. Like that's who he is. And I just remember just to kind of add a little giggle, I had the biggest crush on Scott Hall the se- Razor Ramon the second I saw him and it's so funny because like I was looking through uh through Twitter and I saw so many people putting that out there and I just thought like that's just like you know a nice you know little memory to have but I remember my uncle showing me you know that Wrestlemania match I remember seeing the SummerSlam match and I just remember thinking like it- it's like it's people like that like Razor Ramon, like when you go back and you watch like, you know, old, uh, you know, old wrestling tapes, if you didn't grow up during that period, it's characters like him. It's personas like that, that teach you respect for the business because you could be a fan, but going back and seeing people like that and seeing what they did to essentially help grow this business, help grow this, this, you know, this, this thing that we call wrestling, that is what I think kind of gives people like 
respect for what people did before. So for me, just kind of being able to see that and like learn about him and then going back and watching all of his stuff with the one, two, three kid. And, you know, we covered that on the podcast that we did with, uh, with, with, with Sean Waltman and just kind of seeing like, you know, obviously everybody talks about, you know, his match with the, with the one, two, three kid. And then from there, uh, you know, their friendship and that ended up being like the catalyst for him turning babyface and like those moments where you see them hugging and just everything that he did with him. And I mean, that's just like one portion of his career. Like there's still everything else with the NWO, yeah. et cetera. It, oh, we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Drizzleton says, Hey, yo, thank you. Chico's for bringing passion each week. Show's got me through some tough times. Prayers to his f- friends and family. Uh, well, thank you for for turning to us in that. Uh, we greatly appreciate you. Whew. Audio Flesh says, Brett versus Razor at Rumble 93 was so fun as a kid. That was how you build somebody. You bring in a Razor Ramon. You quickly put him into a, a top program with a top guy, and he hangs with him. And then forever, for the next three years that he was with the company, he was perceived as a top guy. And when he held the Intercontinental title, it felt like something. It felt like something. Uh, Scott Tucky says his run in AWA with Kurt Hennig was awesome. That it was. A lot of people don't know a lot about that. I haven't got to really deep dive into it. Um, but man, like that was definitely an era that that is oft overlooked with him. I, I think uh, we've got Hollywood Salcedo, number one fan, says this one hurts. Uh, Two of the men that, that were responsible for starting my wrestling fandom as a little boy, if it wasn't for the Outsiders, I don't know if I would have become a wrestling fan. I thought they were the coolest guys ever. R.I.P. to the bad guy. I mean, the the Outsiders, yeah. Yeah, they, they were important. And Mod Matar brings up a good point. He says, no shorter guys getting over, no Bullet Club and such factions, no ladder matches without this man. R.I.P. Scott Hall. We owe him a lot. I mean, I don't know about no shorter guys, but Bullet Club wouldn't have existed. Um, I think Undisputed Era would have been much different. DX would have been much different if not for Scott Hall. Raul says, Scott Hall made me feel represented as a kid growing up. I saw a Latino in the main event scene. Regardless of if he was, it was cool to see. And Chris says, he was so cool, he made us forget he wasn't actually Cuban. Did you think that he was really Cuban when you first saw him? When I first saw him, yeah, I 100% believed it. I was like, oh, okay, like this, this yeah. is who he is. He's a Hispanic guy. Like, I didn't know, you know? So, yeah. like, no, I definitely believed it. And, like, obviously, like, you know, he would throw in like some Spanish words, you know, here and there. Uh, but I definitely believed it. We got Jeffrey Singh as a kid. I was a Sting fan and loved watching Scott Hall get beaten up. I, as an adult, I rooted for Scott every day. His story is one to celebrate. Yes, it is. It is a story of being able to overcome. Heidi Ho says, uh, I kind of want my mullet back after watching some old Razor matches today. You got to do the the little bit of hair down the middle. That's what you got to do. Uh, we've got a lot about the Shawn Michaels ladder match. KE775 says, I love the second ladder match with Shawn Michaels at 90, SummerSlam 95. Rumble 93 with Bret Hart as well. Uh, Matt Reichel says the countless classics with Bret. SummerSlam 95 was my favorite with HBK and Razor. Been a heartbreaking day uh, to see this. It, it was. I mean, they set the template. RP says the first match I remember from 95 in SummerSlam was Razor and Sean in a ladder match. Hooked right then. We'll miss you, Scott. Rest easy, big guy. I mean, they weren't the first ladder match 
but they are the reason why it became popularized. They set, they paved the way. They took an idea that that it existed, and they're like, "All right, let's do something special with it." Denise, exactly. And it's like if you go, like I want to go. I haven't seen the match in years too, but so I want to go back and just like rewatch it. But I still remember the first time I watched it and just like feeling like excitement you know it's exciting like, shit like you were just i remember that moment where he actually like pulled down the belts and you just have everybody like erupting with excitement because you legitimately like didn't know who was going to win and like i you when you remember the feeling of how you felt watching something that's when you know that it really did something for you and it did something just in general to to the business more people bringing up the hard times don't last, bad guys do, or bad guys don't last. You know what I'm saying. Bad times don't last, bad guys do. I've said it so many times today. My gosh. Uh, Pile driver finisher says, you know who I am. You don't know why I'm here. That's probably the most iconic line showing up. Period. Like that was, holy crap. I remember that night. I remember watching that night and I went, oh shit. As a child, I went, oh, shit. <laughs> Unreal. Volob says, even in Japan, he recreated the one, two, three kid shot finish to a then-Japanese young boy in 2001, Hiroshi Tanahashi. He knew Tanahashi was money. He could always see it, man. He could. In Simmons says, he's an inspiration for always being a fighter through his up and downs. I'm glad he's gone, but I, or I'm sad he's gone, but proud that he's battled those demons and overcame them. He'll always be the coolest guy ever. And the man was through a lot before he even got into wrestling. So the fact that he overcame a lot of that too. Rob Reed says, I can still remember Razor's face turn. Probably the fit, big first big face turn I remember. I'm going to go back and watch a lot of the early Razor stuff from when he switched from heel to face because he didn't change a lot about himself, Denise. It's just like, oh, he beat up this other guy and now we can like cheer for him. So I love that. Eloquent says, missed the show tonight, but I watched Sawyer versus Jay White. Did that hump? Yes, it did. That was very good. RIP to Scott Hall. Much love, Fightful. Uh, N. Simmons says, they could bring the double IC belt back for one night in a Scott Hall Memorial ladder match. Maybe as a one-on-one, but I'm cool if it's multi-man. I don't think they need multiple belts. I don't think they need that at all. Uh, but Jason says, he oozed machismo his entire career. So much so his in-ring work is sometimes overlooked. He could really go with uh, any wrestler of any size. He could, and he could make them look good. Like Conan versus Conan and Ray versus the Outsiders was so good, so freaking good. Do you have any specific matches or moments that you look back on fondly? Dude, so for me, one of the matches that I remember, like I was, uh, it was more so when I was kind of going back and getting ready for my for the interview that we were doing for the podcast, and I remember uh, it was Slamboree. And uh, it was a six-man tag. Uh, Piper, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, it was Piper, Kevin Green, and Ric Flair. Yes. And uh, Nash, Six, and Hall. And I remember that one specifically uh, because I was laughing so hard because uh, uh, Six, uh, Sean, he was just like <laughs> bumping like crazy during yes. that match. And it was just one of those things where uh, it ended up being like a fun match and it's one of the ones that I remember, like aside from his big, uh, you know, obviously from the ladder matches and whatnot, but that's one of the ones that kind of like uh, immediately sticks out to me. So one of the ones that I brought up, and I actually talked to Sean about this recently, 
when I was little, I couldn't stay up and watch like Raw or anything like that. And I just wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. So I would get up on the weekends and watch like Mania and Action Zone. And the matches on Action Zone were not good. They were not big matches. And then out of the blue, it is the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon versus Diesel and Shawn Michaels. And the same reaction, the holy shit reaction I had of the NWO, I went, holy shit. And it was one of the greatest WWF tag team matches of all time. And Sean told me that they wanted to make it special. And, the, and they did. It's, it's great. But that Razor took all the heat because they, you know, everybody expects the little guy, the kid to take the heat. But no, it was the opposite. And then the kid comes in and gets the hot tag. All that you, you all have to watch that match. It is so good. So freaking good. Matt says he went to a meet and greet when he was a kid to see Razor. The time frame he was scheduled to be there ended, and he stayed extra to have a moment with the last few kids. Lost a childhood idol today. So speaking of that, back before Jerry Springer was sensationalist and all that stuff, um, Razor Ramon was on the show. Like, he was on the Jerry Springer show and brought his inner... He was there in full gear, and there were a couple of uh, children there. And uh, they... I think they had, um, gosh, I can't remember what illness they had, but it was just, it was really touching because he gave them a belt. I think they were, they were living with HIV and AIDS. Both of the, both the children were, and he gave the championship to them and it was a real championship. He wasn't supposed to give them the belt and then he got in a little heat and then they were like, what'd you do? Oh, they're like, okay, you did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, those type of moments are always great to hear. C says, sending well wishes to the ultimate bad guy. Jaden says, you don't know who I am, but Scott Hall's why I'm here. RIP to someone I've watched since I was three or four, heartbroken today. Oh, man. The word icon gets tossed around loosely these days, but it, this does apply. RIP to the bad guy. Thank you, Razor. Luke says, absolutely awful news about Hall. Uh, awesome to see KO get lines in about him all night. Watching the UK is painful with all the ads. Hopefully in the morning it will be Seth versus Cody at Mania. It won't be, buddy. Oh, it won't no. be. Philip says, wearing my purple razor tee. He, hey, he also made purple cool. The purple and gold, yeah. he made that cool. Uh, he says, I was such a huge razor fan. 35 going on 36. Love the SummerSlam 94 match against Diesel. One of my heroes, R.I.P. I mean, also, like, since we're talking about making things cool, the toothpick. I mean, come on. Oh, gosh, I'm pretty yeah. sure everybody that has, you know, thrown a tooth has at least once thrown a toothpick to somebody because oh. of Scott Hall. In the in the 2010s, Denise, there were NFL players doing his taunt, like, in the end zone. Like, he is what so influential. And Simmons says, one of the greatest finishers ever, the Razor's Edge. It was. in That was the era of the powerbomb becoming like the big thing, Denise. And you had Diesel with the jackknife. You had Vader doing a powerbomb, dropping people on their domes usually. You had Sid doing a powerbomb. But then Razor Ramon was like, oh, no, I'm going to go one step further. And not only was, I thought it was a better move, it was a safer move too. He did it so good. I remember one time when Shawn Michaels hoisted him up and did it on the floor. And I was like, how's this going to work? Shawn's got him hoisted up and Razor's feet are like three inches off the ground. You feel like he could have just leaned down and and, uh, tapped the (laughs) ground. (laughs) 
Shot Kid says, there's truly no one like the bad guy. The Mania 10 ladder match remains one of my favorite matches to randomly rewatch alongside Brett and Austin at 13. It was a classic. It was a classic. Uh, Michael Key says, I remember watching WCW after Kid broke his neck. Without fail, Scott wore the sick shirt every week on TV. That's the kind of friend he was. Sean just tweeted about that too right now. Shared that image. Kevin Seat says, I was wondering whose idea 123 going over Razor was. Thought Vince actually had a good idea, but of course it was Hall's idea. Ha ha. He's he's brilliant. That's that's what a lot of people always said that that he could have helped out with a lot of people creatively. And it's a shame that we're losing such not just a great performer, but a great mind. Exactly. We're heading down the home stretch, guys. So if you want to get your super chats or humper chats in, please just about Scott Hall through uh the rest of this. Uh, Tremaine says, sorry for being late. My first real exposure to Razor was my Shawn Michaels DVD that had their Mania 10 match. I was confused because Razor literally called himself the bad guy and he was cheered. Man, Scott was cool. That was what was so goddamn cool about it, Denise. He didn't care. He didn't change who he was. He smiled a little bit more, but he was always the same guy. Like, he was just like... And even the way he talked and the way that he was pronounced, like he would pronounce words and take his time with it. Like it it worked. Like it worked for who he was and who his character was. And he just like knew what he was doing and just added so much to it, you know? Razor Ramon is one of the greatest wrestling characters ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. And like today, I wonder like how well they could do. Cause I mean, geez, man, like he had been on WCW under a couple different gimmicks. He had been under AWA under a couple different gimmicks and he came over and I didn't know anything about that shit when I was a kid. I didn't know he was in WCW. Nowadays, everybody would kind of know, but it didn't matter. Like none, it didn't matter that he had been on the scene for like eight or nine years. He got that over so, so much. Audio Flesh's NWO versus Austin Rock was bonkers live in Detroit. Also, Hall's ECW entrance is legendary. Razor Flair Versus Perfect Savage, great memories from childhood. So a lot of you will not know that Scott Hall was in ECW. So it was uh, after his WCW run when he, he left the company. And his debut, It's a, the footage is out there. He did three matches. He faced, uh, he teamed up with Jerry Lynn and he faced Jer- Justin Credible and Rhino. And then he beat Justin Credible. Then of all things, he lost to Sal E. Graciano, the big 600-pound Italian. But he came out to the Fugees, ready or not. Oh, it was so cool. So freaking cool. Chris Rain says, the only time I was fortunate enough to meet Scott was on the Jericho Cruise 2. It's supposed to be Hall, Nash, and X-Pac, but Nash and Pac canceled. Scott fulfilled all the obligations and was so giving of his time. He didn't want anyone to feel shortchanged. Well, good for him. I'm, I'm glad to hear about him connecting with his fans like that. And we do still have a few condolences. Uh, hey, yo, says Scott Hall was good. Wish he was world champ. Me too. Me too. At least once. Sam says, RIP to the bad guy. Hall and Nash were big reasons why I started watching as a kid. Can't believe he's gone. Thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. On a lighter note, can't believe I watched Raw just to see if Cody would show up. <laughs> and Volob says, if any fans are blaming Cody for being there and not being there, they're clowns. RIP Scott Hall. Thank you for everything. And Ryan's echoes that sentiment says, don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. That happens a lot on social media. And we're wrapping up, guys. I want to thank you for all the super chats and the memories that you all shared. 
Dan says, Scott Hall had a positive effect on my love of wrestling and childhood. I'll be forever grateful to him. I carried a toothpick around because I thought he was cool. Rest in peace to the bad guy. Uh, and we just had a couple more come in. Corey says, I'll never forget how selfless he was in the ring, putting Jericho over in WCW and taking the heat for it. Epic. That is epic. That is so epic. I love it. Um, and uh, gosh, as soon as I find our last one, uh, Micah Newby says, my very first memory of wrestling is sitting on my mom's couch, too young to know, and accidentally ordered a pay-per-view on the remote. It was Bash at the Beach. It was 96. I was a lifelong fan born that night. R.I.P. A legend lost. Uh, guys, thank you all so much. Um, again, uh, listen to you boys tomorrow. I've got interviews with Dewdrop and Reginald dropping this week. Uh, I'll have some audio interviews over the next few weeks because unfortunately my camera's still missing. Um, trying to track down that footage, but we got a lot of stuff for you. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Denise, what do you got going on? YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Head on over there. Lots of content constantly going up. So go give that channel some love. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. That's where I promote all my weekly shows and more. We got one more that came in. Michael Key says, it's days like this. I just want to tell people to hug your loved ones. Don't know how much time we have. Wrestling brings us all together. Much love to you. Much love to all you guys. Thank you all. I appreciate every one of you. We're out.